Glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Uh, my name's Tom if we haven't met. My name's still Tom if we have met. How can you and I, how can you and I have a great life if we spend most of our working hours at work? Because here's what I believe is true for many of us. Work is not working. Work is not working for many of you. Has your job, so here's my question, has your job become um, mundane? Has it become kind of a mind-numbing routine, just trading your time for money? Or, or maybe you don't make any money. Maybe your full-time job is as a parent or uh, a homemaker. Um, I know Shree is in, in, in partly this kind of role. And she, when she does housework, she likes to sing the Donna Summer disco song. She works hard for the money, but she changes the lyrics. So it's, I work hard for no money. You know, I work hard for no money. So you better, right? So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you get a paycheck, you don't get a paycheck. You go to work. Maybe some of you, your work is seasonal. And the season we're moving into would be you being a full-time student. It, it doesn't matter. Maybe you're retired. Maybe you're retired and, and, and your work or your concept of work, you think it's over. You, there's something for all of us. Maybe you're not in that group that says, you know, work isn't working. I think it's working. I kind of, I love my work. Good, good. You're few, but you're strong. And, and this, these truths um, will help you love it deeper and in a more meaningful way. But, but that's not the rule from what I see. Um, uh, this is part one of God. Don't miss out on God showing up at your work. Um, here are some of the things that friends and, and some of you who are also friends say to me, here's what we often hear. I hate my job. It's the same day after day, week after week. The days are so long and they, I've never been so bored in all my life. Why am I so often dissatisfied with my job? Can't my work have purpose or meaning? Does what I do every day even matter? Does it make any difference at all? This is a dead end. All I'm doing is trading my time for money. There has to be more than this. How many of you spend Sunday nights dreading Monday mornings? I don't want to see much less help my coworkers or customers. How many of you said the worst day on the golf course, river, ski slope, mountain, you fill in the blank is better than the best day at work, right? You look forward to the weekend so much. At work, if I'm honest, I don't care about anything, but maybe, maybe, maybe if I had a different job, then I could do something that matters. Maybe, maybe it's a question of what I'm doing. Maybe if I switched jobs, everything would change. Nope, nope. And I don't say that to discourage you. All I'm saying is that in most cases, in most cases that I've been in, in most cases that I think you'll see that changing jobs is not the problem. And you can relax. Because in most cases, you're not the problem either. 
you're not the problem either. So, yeah, yeah, I know. For once, Tim, high five. No, okay. No, I'll give you. I'm not going to leave you hanging there. What is the problem? Well, to get at the problem and to get at the solution, we have to go all the way back to the very beginning. To the very beginning. First page. First page in the Bible. First sentence is this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. From the very beginning, God is working joyfully. Joyfully, God makes the light and the dark, the planets and the universe, the skies and the waters, the land and the the earth and the plants and the trees and the animals. And, And you know, it keeps going in this pattern. And after he does this masterpiece, after that masterpiece, he goes, what? This is, this is good. This is, no, I don't think he just, yeah, that's good. No, this is good. You know, I think the paraphrase is, yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. There was joyful creation. There was joyful creation. And in fact, um, Raymond Bystrom writes, in Genesis 1 and 2, God wears no end of occupational hats. Strategic planner, designer, civil engineer, real estate developer, project manager, waste manager, grocer, many more, many more. And before the fall, before everything tanked, before there was any sin, any brokenness, any despair, any dysfunction, God creates man and woman as what? Joyful workers, joyful workers. Take a look at it. The next chapter, 2.15, the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden. That's paradise, right? To do what? To, oh, come on, don't leave me hanging. I didn't leave him To work it, work it, work it. To work it. And that's where that expression came from, okay? Just if you're curious, it all comes back to God. To work it and keep it. Before things got broke, before the fall, we had a job and we were glad we had a job. It's almost as God is saying, okay, Adam, this is part of paradise. This is part of paradise. You get to join me in this joyful creation of beauty and light and life, okay? You get to join me in that. Let's do this together and, 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 and work. Way back then was what work was supposed to be. Beautiful and meaningful and fulfilling and purposeful and, and productive. It was a blessing. And that lasted for a chapter. Okay, so Genesis 3 and then the fall comes, right? And Everything falls. People fall. Our first parents choose sin. The fabric of perfection is torn. All God's will for his people and his creation is now fractured, including work. Including what work was originally created to be. And and here is the outcome. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it. All the days of your life. That means work has now become, because of sin, a pain in the butt. That really, 
I mean, okay, you're not going to find that paraphrase, but that's what it's saying. You will struggle to make a living, right? You will struggle to make a living. You will daydream about the lottery and retirement because you will no longer have to work. Thorns and thistles, obstacles, challenges, people press against you and and are difficult in situations. It shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. It is going to be difficult. Your work will be opposed. It's going to be hard in a way that goes beyond the satisfying hard day's work. That is what happens. Obstacles, difficulties, frustrations, living for the weekend. But the good news, the good news is the gospel of Christ. The good news is always the gospel of Christ. Jesus comes. Jesus comes. And what Jesus does is he comes to reverse the curse. Jesus comes on a rescue mission for you, for me, to rescue you and me from the curse of sin. Okay? And comes to rescue us and our work. And our work. You see, because of the finished work that Jesus did for us in our place on the cross for our sins. By his death and resurrection, he has broken the power of sin over your life, if you will receive him. He has broken the power of sin over your work. He has broken that. Now, when you think of that, I don't want you to think of work as in the big work only. I want you to think about it as your job right now, the mind-numbing thing that you can't stand, maybe. Or the thing that you love that just doesn't give you that same level of satisfaction that it once did. If you are in Christ then let the gospel so saturate you that it not only it not only rescues you and me from our hearts but it, re- it helps us redeem our work we can free our work in Christ from the curse we can exchange our our from the uh, brokenness and the burden that sin has made it and exchange it for the beauty and the blessing that God originally created it to be in Christ Our work is redeemed, is redeemed, and that's what it looks like. So um, before we go forward anymore, I want to tell you about George McDonald. Some of you know who George McDonald is. He's a beautiful, wonderful uh, Scottish author and minister who lived in the 1800s. He also mentored Lewis Carroll, who went on to write uh, Alice in Wonderland and inspired C.S. Lewis and many like him. Well, George MacDonald wrote uh, a children's book. It's called The Genius of Willie McMichael. And in this children's book, Willie McMichael is a genius. He's like a mechanical genius boy, wizard. Just just everything he touches, everything he tries, uh, he masters. 
almost immediately. And the miracle comes when Willie learns uh, the ultimate purpose and the ultimate value of what he has and can do is not in the thing itself, but that he can love and serve through his talents like God loves and serves through his work as well. So uh, here's a clip from, uh, from the book with uh, Willie's dad talking to him about that. Uh, his dad says, yes, Willie, it seems that, that God works more than anybody. For he works all night and all day. And if I remember rightly, Jesus tells us somewhere that he works all Sunday too. If he were to stop working, everything would stop being. The sun would stop shining, the moon and the stars, the corn would stop growing. There would be no apples and gooseberries. Your eyes would stop seeing, your ears would stop hearing, your fingers couldn't move an inch. And worst of all, your little heart would stop loving. No, Papa cried Willie. I couldn't stop loving, I'm sure. Indeed you would, Willie. Not you and Mama. Yes, You wouldn't love us any more than if you were asleep without dreaming. That would be dreadful. His father said, yes. Yes, it would. So you see how good God is to us to go on working that we may be able to love each other. Then if God works like that all day long, it must be a fine thing to work, said Willie. You are right. It is a a fine thing to work. The finest thing in the world if it comes of love as God's work does. And we said maybe, we said maybe if you and I could switch jobs, if we could change jobs, maybe then we could do something satisfying, meaningful. We could find that. No. No, but there is something. There is something that you and I can do. Something that you and I can change. And and the Apostle Paul leads us right there. He tells us what that is. Uh, We're we're continuing in our study of Colossians. We're in chapter 3. I'll pick it up in verse 22. Now, the first word is going to throw you. I don't want it to. It says slaves. Uh, That literally means bond servants. It has to do not with endorsing slavery. This is workers, employees. That's who he's writing to, okay? People who are in somebody else's employ, okay? Slaves obey in everything. Those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily, which means with all your heart, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You are serving Christ. Jesus, in the job you are now in, doing what you are now doing. I don't, I don't want any of us to miss that. Thank you. The key, the key to you and I redeeming 
work. The key to you and I being so saturated in the gospel that we redeem or buy back or exchange or trade the brokenness and burden that sin has made work. And we exchange that for in Christ, the beauty and blessing that work was originally created to do to be is not in you and I changing jobs. It is in you and I changing bosses. You and I changing bosses. That's it. That's it. It's changing bosses. You and I. Okay, so some of you right now are thinking, oh, I'd be happy to change bosses because the person I work for now is a a wingnut psycho control freak. I I get that. I do. I just wish my employees would stop saying that about me. Um, But Paul starts off saying, you got to do what they expect, right? You got to do what they're paying you to do, right? It says, obey your, if you bring that scripture up again, Nate, you got to, you got to do it, but, but you can change your boss. You can change realizing who you're really working for in your heart, in your mind. You can change who you serve. You can change who, who's your boss at work, who you're working for. And in that, everything begins to change. Everything begins to change. Because when you and I um, change our boss and make that uh, the, the lover of our soul, the God of the universe, um, Jesus Christ, when, when we do that, we realize that we're not only working for Jesus, we're working with Jesus on the things that are most important to him. And that changes everything. Trust me, it's like this. Um, in the late 60s, right? Some of you were alive then. God bless you. Yeah, eight tracks and all that good stuff. There was a man who was picking up trash and mopping floors at NASA. And his son, whom he brought with him to work one day, said, Daddy, what are you doing? And he grabbed his son by the shoulders. And he said, Son, I am part of the team that is putting a man on the moon for the very first time. Oh, that's the guy. That's the guy I want on my team, right? He saw his connection to the bigger thing. And if NASA, if NASA can do that for you, what can Jesus Christ and the cause of of love in in all of the universe and glory, what can that do? What can that do? And and some of you are going, really? Really? I make French fries for a living at McDonald's. Really? No, you don't. You work at McJesus, right? And you are working with him and for him to feed the multitudes. No, I'm serious. I move dirt for a living. No, you don't. You reshape the surface of God's earth for the highest and best use. I swing a hammer all day long. No, you do not. You have taken up the same profession 
as Jesus Christ and with him and for him. You are creating a beautiful dwelling place for people he loves just like he is creating a beautiful eternal dwelling place for you. No, I don't. I watch children and try to make sure they don't kill themselves or one another. I change poopy diapers and food that has been flung from a high chair. No, you do not. You have accepted the high calling of serving and loving and caring for loved ones who cannot yet love and care and serve themselves when you make Jesus your boss. When you realize that you are not only working for him, but with him, it changes everything. All of a sudden, I don't only want to make a batch of french fries. I want to make the best batch of french fries that has ever been french fried in all of the french frying world. Why? Because I'm making it for Jesus, in Jesus. And the people who are eating it, they're him, man. They're people he loves. They're some of the least of these. And they're the people who don't know they're the least of these. But maybe I can do it in such a way that I can love on my coworkers and I can change that culture. I don't just want to drive this nail. I don't just want to measure and cut this board. I want to look at the bigger picture. I want, to, I want to pray over every hammer stroke. I want to pray over every board that the family that dwells inside this house might know, might know the God who is the only safe and secure dwelling place. I want to, I want to move. I want to move this earth in such a way that it brings glory to the God who moves mountains. I want to sign my work with excellence because it's for him and it's through him and it's in him. I don't just want to keep these kids safe. I want to peel the, the curtain away that, that holds their understanding away from the God who created them, who gives them life, who will give them joy and, and, and peace. And I want to reveal to them in everything that I say, in every attitude I take, in everything that I do, the great care and love that their great God has through the way I do this. Do you see? It elevates everything. Everything. And um, not too long ago, not too long ago, I was getting this kind of twisted up, right? I was getting it backwards. Um, let me explain to you how that happens. Um, I'm broken, okay? <laughs> you want a holier pastor, you, you, well, you may not have a harder, hard time finding one, but like I work two jobs. I'm bivocational, which has something in common with being bipolar. Um, but no, I, um, a lot of you do the same thing, right? You, you work two jobs. So my full-time job is at Western uh, as the director of the foundation. My part-time job is as pastor of Bethany here, uh, m- mainly just preaching. So um, 
what happens is uh, I have the same cell phone. I have the same cell number. And as it turns out, uh, a lot of people have this number. And um, there are some days uh, when this phone and my life, it's just literally blowing up with like call after call after call from both sides, from Bethany and Western, because they're, they're all coming in to the same thing, right? And here's the, here's the common thread. Happy people typically do not tend to want to talk to me, right? Okay, the Really, no, um, the, the people who tend to want to call me the most, I love them, call me the most are people who have a problem or a complaint. So um, I was, my heart was wrong in this. It was really wrong. And, and I realized that I, I wasn't doing what we talked about like at the beginning of the summer, having that nonstop party in your head for God, right? I wasn't doing that. I wasn't even doing what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, was making love the why of everything I do. I was getting frustrated. I was getting impatient. I was getting so stressed out when like call after call after call would interrupt me. So I decided to pray, right? I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to my boss man, Jesus. And I said, God, God, um, I know that uh, you gave me these jobs and, and all of this, but why? Why does everybody who has a problem, why does everyone who has a need have my number and want to call it over and over and over again? I can't get anything done. I can't do this. Why do people keep calling and want their problems fixed. And I'm not one of those people who hears God with his ears. But I really sense that God was speaking to my heart. And he said, because you asked me to make you more like I am. And that's how people Come to me. Tom, do you want to be an answer to prayer or not? Be careful what you ask God. That's heavy. And I said, yes. He said, they're not interruptions. They're my people. And I'm sending them where they can get encouragement and love and somebody to point them back to me. Are you up for it? Yeah. I'm sorry. And so there's heart change, right? It's heart change that needs to take place. You make Jesus your boss. And he says, hey, come on. We're going to do this together, right? So I needed a reminder. I needed a reminder because um, I'm tr- trying to press into God for the heart change that can change my attitude. 
but I needed a reminder that when my cell phone starts blowing up, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this in and for Jesus in a way that so I needed a change my ringtone so that I would be reminded of all this. So Sheree, if you would please call me, I will please like that. Okay. Um call me again, I put it on my speaker. Okay. I don't know how to do that. Here it is. Here's my ringtone. You hear that? Come on. Come on. You need a little bit more of that. Yeah. Now, you can't be upset. You can't be upset. Let me accept this call. Hello? Who's this, please? Who are you calling for? He's not here right now. Maybe I can help you. All right. So by the time I listen, she left a message. I wonder what she said. By the time I pick up the phone, I have a reminder of the way my heart is supposed to be tuned to God and to these people. And if it's somebody that I really know has got something I don't want to deal with, I just got to listen to it longer before I pick it up. So if that's you and it's rung three times, it doesn't necessarily mean that. doesn't necessarily mean that. But that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. When we work for Jesus, when Jesus becomes our boss, everything starts to change our perspective on what we do. The excellence with which we want to do even the most mundane things, the purpose behind it, the glory that hangs in the balance, the people we affect directly or indirectly. It can change your day. It can change your week. It can change your life. Because if most of our waking hours are spent at Don't you think God cares about how we do that and the glory of joining him in this crescendo of his coming kingdom and using our part in harmony to do that? Anybody seen Undercover Boss? You ever seen that show? Yeah, good, good. Hey, uh, if you get the chance, check it out. It's very cool. I, I, I like it. I, I see it once in a while. But the premise, the premise is this, that the CEO or a, a top executive of a, of a large corporation will go into one, uh, 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 one branch uh, or one store or one, one place undercover disguised as an uh, entry-level employee so that he or she can, can see firsthand what is going on there. So in this particular episode, the CEO of Fast Signs, Fast Signs, now, not, nothing against you guys, I know, but we, we don't have a Fast Signs here, so that's okay. Um, Ryan and Vicki Johnson have the sign guys and gals. Um, yeah, that was, that was a little, yeah, love for the, for the promo. But the CEO, Catherine Monson of Fast Signs, has 530 um, stores or shops across the world. 
that she oversees. So she puts on this elaborate but very convincing um, disguise and goes in as an entry-level training at one of the Fast Science locations in Los Angeles. And there she meets a young, talented, um, hardworking young man who trains her with patience and grace and respect and more patience because she is having difficulty, but physically and, and understand some of the installation techniques, genuinely having difficulty. And, and he's kind of coaching her up and encouraging her and say, you could do this. You could, it just takes a little. And then he says, why don't, why don't I, yeah, I can see your arms are tired. Let, let's just take a break. And they walk out and they sit on the curb of this inner city fast signs location. And she says, you got to have a story. Would you tell me your story? And he says, you, you see this business? I love my job because God gave me this job. God used this to rescue me. And he explained how he drives two and a half hours in the morning and at night every day to get to this job. He says, you see, when I first became a husband, I first became a father, we didn't have much. And I thought drugs were the answer because I saw that the people in my neighborhood who had money used drugs to get money. So I started drugs. I thought drugs were the answer. And I got arrested time after time. And this time was serious. This was my third arrest and three strikes and you're out. But I, I was just so stubborn. I was so hard hearted. And then I went to court and I'm standing before a judge about to be sentenced. And I turn around and I see my mother with her arm around my wife who is holding my daughter. And they are all crying because I am about to get sent away to prison for a long time. And something inside me just broke. And I didn't care where I was, and I didn't care who was listening. I just cried out to God. I said, God, I am going the wrong way. And I cannot do this and be the man that you created me to be and be the son that my mother needs and be the husband that my wife needs and be the daddy that my girl needs. Please forgive me. Just give me one more chance. And God heard him. And so did the judge. And against all odds, the judge says, I believe you. You have one more chance. Don't let me see you in here again. He explained to her that Fast Signs was the only business that would take a chance on somebody like him. And because of that, he would work with thanksgiving and joy every day. Catherine Monson later in the episode, asks to see him. But this time, 
without disguise. I'd like you to see what happens. Bring the lights down. It's incredible. This is not him. (laughs) Gary, the biggest gift for me was to see a man who made a lot of mistakes and now has turned his life around in the most amazing and beautiful way. (laughs) Thank you. I want (laughs) to give you the best opportunity to just continue to grow in your Fast Signs career. So I am going to bring you out to Dallas, where our corporate office is, for a week and put together a customized training program for you, teaching you all the tricks of the trade, all expenses paid, as well as your salary during that week. And so I have this opportunity to learn more and have it presented to me as a gift. I'm really grateful. I know how much your church has helped you and the importance that that church has in your life so i would like to give you something for you to give your church fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> the church is about to close down because it couldn't pay their dues <laughs> thank you jesus <laughs> and there's something else i'd like to do for you I so respect that you make the long two-and-a-half-hour drive to work, and I know how difficult it can be when you don't have a dependable car. So I would like to give you a new car. (laughs) (laughs) We've been trying to save up, but we can't. We've been trying to save up, but we can't. I love you. Thank you. It breaks my heart to think of you and your family being evicted from your house. So I'm going to give you $50,000. Thank you. Our prayers are many and answers. It's just one day. All of them can answer one day. This doesn't happen to people like me. This, this is, I'm not supposed to be here. It's supposed to be somebody else. I'm going to tell you that I don't believe that's true. You're going to be an inspiration that brings lots of other people out of the darkness into the light. I I would love a hug, Gary. This doesn't feel like it's real. It almost feels like a dream. I'm still in shock. That's a, that's a show. But Jesus, Jesus is your undercover boss. And one day you will stand before him and find out that everything, everything mattered. Everything mattered in a beautiful way. So we have the opportunity to know that now. Know that now. And this is like a, a shadow, um, what Catherine did for Gary, right? The best thing Jesus can do for you 
is not get you a new car. Is not get you more money, although he, he may want to. But one day, if you and I will change bosses with all the beauty and transformation that that entails, then one day, I promise you will stand before him and hear maybe the most beautiful words that can be spoken to a person by their God. Well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You will not believe what I have prepared for you. Enter into my rest. Well done. It matters. It matters. So if you would like to make this change, if you don't simply want to go to work in the morning, you want to go on mission for and with Jesus, I want to, I want to give you a prayer that's easy to remember. It's easy to say, Jesus, in all I do, let me work for you. Can you say that with me? Jesus, in all I do, let me work for you. One more time. Jesus, in all I do, let me work for you. You can pray that, say that, a thousand times a day if you need to. Look, my two jobs, foundation, church, neither is more spiritual than the other. We're going to talk more about the sacredness of what you do next week and a new way to look at retirement. So, so make sure to join us. But I want us to press into this and, and pray. It's time for us to start changing bosses. And in light of that, everything is going to change. Let's pray. Lord, um, you are so good. Or just in, in my own life, and I know um, a lot of my friends, I, I just want to repent of how long, how many years I kept my work separate from my heart and my faith. Lord, I, I, I want with all of us to change bosses, Lord. We want to work for you, with you, in you, through you for the greater purpose of shining your light in, in the darkness, of lifting people up, of serving and loving and bringing you glory by blessing others. Lord, if we do that, if we just make you boss, Lord, we ask you to change everything, change our attitudes, change the way we work, change how we do it, change our, our desires, change our enthusiasm, change how we see the people that we serve, change how we see our coworkers, change everything. Lord, only in you can we redeem work, exchange work from the brokenness and the burden that sin has made it to the beauty and the blessing 
you originally created it to be. Guide us one step at a time until we just yield to you in such a beautiful way, making you our boss. Lord, we're, um, we're praying now about making you the boss of our work. And Lord, I know that there are friends here who have yet to make you boss of their lives. And my friend, if you're, if you're here and that's you, um, Jesus not only wants to be the boss of your work, he wants to be the boss of your life because if he's not, then you are. And that means you are your own God. And that's a very dark place to be. He wants to rescue you from that. Take you into himself and give you life and forgiveness. I encourage you to take that step. Lord, we love you. We don't want to miss out on you showing up at work or in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're going we're gonna to praise and, and thank God for being good and interested in our work and interested in us. And um, I'm going to just kind of camp out over here on the steps.